Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Through this podcast, we hope to challenge and equip you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus and in living and loving like Him. Christmas gives us the ideal opportunity to reflect on the significance of who Jesus is and why He came, but so often we miss it in the hustle and hurry of the season. Let's listen in as Pastor Matt Smith teaches us to identify the distractions that keep us from seeing Jesus and invites us to intentionally pause and behold the glory of the newborn King. You can be seated. And as you're being seated, if you would, go ahead and grab your Bible, go to Matthew chapter 1. Or if you are a note taker through the Vintage app, go to the Vintage app, click on that little notes tab, and it will take you to today's teaching as we prepare to dive into the Word together. And I know it's a rainy, dreary, apparently December morning, but can I just hear some energy in the room? Let me know you're here. Excited. All right. All right. Awesome. Well, um... Christmas has finally come to vintage. Um, how about the ladies and the men and the people who made in the lobby look awesome? Y'all show our, our design team some love. It even smells like Christmas out there. And I feel like, man, like, like at vintage, we're late to the Christmas party. Because anymore, like most people on, on October 31st, you're putting away pumpkins and putting up trees. I mean, like, that's just kind of the world we've gotten into, right? I mean, before long, Elf on the Shelf is going to be coming out on Labor Day. I mean, right? I mean, it's... That's kind of where we are. It's just Christmas is, is, is coming. And, and, and uh, as you're going to see, as we move throughout this series, um, at, at Christmas, we intentionally kind of back off a little bit because every other arena of your life presses in. And it's crazy. I know for some people, like right now, like your work schedule is insane till the end of the year because you're trying to close out a year and things like that are happening, not to mention you have to go to parties and buy gifts for people that you don't like because you feel obligated, and there's so much going on. And there's a reason why in this season, like for us, we began to just kind of back off a little bit, because we want to give you space to actually see the beauty of this season. Because it can get lost with all that's happening. I mean, I remember I grew up in the church. I'm, my dad um, was a pastor, and so, like, I grew up in, 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 in the traditional church that I grew up in. Christmas was crazy, because, like, you had cantatas, and people didn't grow up in the church think I just sneezed, but that's an actual word, um, where you'd have these choir specials and these productions. And so, like, I grew up being involved in all that stuff. And usually that would go all the way up to Christmas. So you had stuff going on all the time, every night of the week. And so, like, at Christmas, we just intentionally, as a church, we kind of try to slow things down just a little bit. And even like the last two weekends of this year, we, we kind of mix it up a little bit just so you can go ahead and begin to schedule and plan. The weekend before Christmas, um, the 22nd and the 23rd, we're doing like a modified schedule. Um, we're calling it Christmas at Vintage. So instead of doing a Monday evening service at 7, we're going to move that service to Saturday night at 7. And then we'll do a normal schedule here on Sunday morning. So no Monday night service because that's Christmas Eve. And we realize you have family gatherings and get-togethers. And we just don't want to have to compete with that or, or make you choose between between those things. And so make sure you take note of that. Um, it's going to be a powerful, powerful, powerful weekend. You're going to hear a testimony video that if you do not cry at some point in it, you are not human. Um, because it's just a, 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 an example of who God is and what he can do in our lives. And we're offering baptism in all three of those experiences. So if you've never gone public with your faith through baptism 
and God's stirring in your heart, go to the app, sign up for that. This, it's a beautiful night. We're in all three of those gatherings. At the end of those gatherings, we'll be offering baptism. You can sign up for which service. All three of those are identical experiences. So whichever one works best for you, or if you want to come to multiple ones, that's fine. Bring family, bring neighbors, whatever. And then the last weekend of the year, um, we will not be doing anything in this building on January 30th and 31st. Um, just because we, we just want to let our volunteers have a weekend off. We want to give our pastors and staff the opportunity that week just to enjoy Christmas. And so what we've done is we've recorded um, uh, an online experience uh, be a, a video teaching for me, and Vintage Worship has recorded a live worship song that will be posted online, um, and it's amazing. So, <clears throat> but again, just because we're not meeting here doesn't mean we're having church. Let me, let me challenge you to do something. Get together with your life group. Invite them over to your house, have brunch, make some waffles, and pull up the online experience. Or, or let me challenge you to do this. Maybe there's somebody in your world, in your circle of influence, that you've been trying to get to come to church, and they're just not ready to make that step yet. And they maybe don't, they're not ready to quite step into this building, but maybe you want to expose them to vintage church a little bit, and maybe you can invite them into your home, pull up this online experience, let them get a little bit of taste of the awesomeness that is vintage worship. And then if you need to skip me, that's fine. Let them listen to them for a little while but just give you a chance to expose them to our church and maybe it'll put them one step closer to sit in this room and being a part of our family. And so make sure you just take note of that because as you move into the Christmas season, and I don't know um, like what kind of traditions you have as a family. And it's like every family kind of has their own things, right? Own things that you do during certain times and certain places that you go and all this kind of stuff. But I hope at some point it includes actually reading the Christmas story from the scripture. Because believe it or not, Christmas is about Jesus. I know that, like, that gets lost in it all at times. I went to Concord Mills last night. Yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> that was not about Jesus. It made me want to act in ways that didn't look anything like Jesus. But I hope at some point you dive into the Christmas story. And I know it's, it's a story that maybe, you know, familiarity kind of breeds contempt. The more familiar we get with something and the more times we read it, sometimes it begins to lose its luster in our lives a little bit. But this morning, I want us, as we head into this season, I want us to dive in to those scriptures. So go with me to Matthew chapter 1. Pick up with verse 18. Matthew chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph... Before they came together, she found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. As Joseph, her husband, being a right, and Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and he shall call him, his name shall be Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. 
Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph woke up from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now jump over to Luke chapter 2. Take it over verse 9. It says, And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now if you notice as we read through that passage of Scripture, there's a word that is littered all throughout the telling and the announcement of Jesus' birth. And it's a word that, that we don't use a lot in our own language. Did you pick it up, this word, behold? Behold. It is mentioned all throughout this passage, and it's mentioned all throughout Scripture. And maybe you're reading a, a more modern translation of the Bible, and every time I said behold, you were like, that does not say that in my, in, in my Bible. And the reason why is, is for several reasons. Like, number one, behold isn't a word that we just use. I mean, can you imagine you walk home, you look at your wife and say, behold, I am home. <laughs> she would say, behold this baby, I've been here all day. <laughs> or behold that pile of laundry, because it needs to be done. Like, like nobody, nobody just comes in, and, I mean, like, you walk in and say, behold, then the dude's crazy. I mean, it's just not a normal word. But another thing, though, is... The original scriptures were brought to us in different languages. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament written in Greek. And those languages are much different than, than the English language. There are, some, there, there are layers to the meanings of words of biblical languages. So there may be one word that's used in Greek or Hebrew and to us, for us to even attempt to translate it in English at best will be a phrase, a sentence, or maybe even like a paragraph to encompass all that that word means. But over a thousand times in the Old Testament and the New Testament, whether it be in Greek or in Hebrew, there's a form of this word, behold. And it's usually wrapped around God doing something or saying something very important. If you ever see the word behold, you should stop. Because it means God just did something or said something or is about to do something or say something of, of utmost importance. And the word behold, like, it can really mean like stand in awe and be amazed. But the best way that like I can translate it and, and for our purposes throughout this series, it means pause and pay attention. Pause and pay attention. Like God's saying, I just said something that you need to hear. Or I just did something that you need to pay attention to. Because if, if you don't pause and pay attention, it will not take root in your life. You will not be able to capture all that it means. And you'll just move on throughout your life without it really having the impact on you that it should. And how much do we miss because we fail to behold? 
Like, and I don't think just from God. Like, we have trouble beholding. Now, I know y'all are better than me, so y'all have never done this, but like, been doing stuff around the house, and you're doing stuff around the kitchen, and, there's, and, 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 your, and your spouse is talking to you, and you even acknowledge they're talking, you're like, uh-huh, yeah, yep, yeah, babe, uh-huh. And after about 30 minutes, your wife says, you have no idea what I just said, do you? And you're like, huh? Because, like, it, you can hear the sound of their voice, and you know that they are saying something, and you're maybe even acknowledging the fact that they're talking, but their words are making no impact on you whatsoever. And how often are we guilty of that with God? Like God's always speaking, and he's always talking, and he's always doing things in your life. And you're like, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, God, mm-hmm, yep, I see that. That's great. And it's not that you don't know it's him. And it's not that you don't even recognize that he's speaking. But because you fail to pause and pay attention and focus on his voice, you miss out on so much. Last week, we talked about how God is a God of more. Never settle for less when, when God is you know God has more. And we talked about how that, that more is unleashed with our obedience, that our o- obedience unleashes his abundance. You with me? If you missed that, you can go back and listen to it. Like that basically, like if we want to experience the more of God, the abundance of God, it comes from continuing to walk in faithful obedience. Amen? Like that's how we unleash God's more. But you know the key to obedience? You know what obedience simply is? You ready? This is deep. Listen to God and do what he says. It can't be that simple, can it? Listen to God. Obedience is simply listening to God and doing what he says. Like, just listen to God and do what he says. And maybe the reason why we have trouble being obedient is we have trouble beholding. We don't stop. Collaborate and let no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it popped into my head. Some of y'all are like, what's he talking about? It's the great theologian vanilla ice. I gotta drink some water for a minute. We miss out. The beauty gets buried in our unwillingness to behold. And I remember, like, like, the best way I can think about this every time I see this word is when I was a little kid and, and, and my mama really had something important to say to me, especially when I had been acting like a knucklehead, and they, my mama would grab me by my face. <laughs> and point my face to her face. And, like, lock it. In, now, anybody's mama ever do? Like, boy. <laughs> And, like, that meant, like, mom was about something that I needed to hear. And maybe, like, God didn't quite like that. But I think that's the point. God's like, you know, and I do that with my son sometimes. Like, like I'll be talking to him, and I know that, like, I can tell he's not listening. I'll say, look at me. Like, put the phone down. Put the Nintendo down. Put the pencil down. And like, look at me, because as your father, I've got something to say to you that if you miss it, 
bad things are going to happen in a lot of ways. And I think God has so much more for us, like I said last week, that we miss out on because we, we fail to behold him. We don't have the courage to pause and pay attention to what he has to say to us. And so throughout this Christmas season, in a season where, like, I know you're like, Matt, you're going to preach behold right now. Like, can't you preach this in the summer? Maybe, like, right before I go on vacation? Because that would, that would be a lot more convenient, and that would make this a lot more possible. And I know, but here's the thing, like, it, it's never easy to behold. I, are you like me that, like, like, pausing and paying attention is challenging in all seasons of life? Like, it's never convenient. And I, maybe the problem is we're missing out so much of God because we're waiting for it to be convenient for us to listen to him. And he's like, um, yeah, it'll get easier when you die. But between now and then, this is the reality that you're living in. And I have things for you. And I need you to behold me. So I can speak those things into your life. And maybe if you'd allow me, you wouldn't have that anxiety or that anxiousness or that worry or that confusion. Maybe you'd have that discernment about that decision. Or maybe you'd have that encouragement that you desperately need. If you would just turn away from all that stuff and pause and pay attention. But that's not easy. Because there's barriers to behold. There are barriers to behold. There are things that, that make beholding difficult. There are things that stand in the way of our ability to behold. And maybe if we're going to behold him, we've got to start breaking down these barriers. We've got to find a way to chip away at the things that stand between our ability to really recognize his voice and listen to what he says. And we're going to spend this entire series trying to break down the barriers of behold. And today I'm going to give you my top three barriers to behold. First one, pace. Pace. Why are we in such a hurry? Anybody else just feel like you're in a hurry all the time? Like from one thing to the next, from one project to the next, from one event for the kids to the next. And we just, but this is what I've learned. It is impossible to behold and be hurried. It is impossible to behold and be hurried. And we're living at such a pace, man. Like it's, it's crazy. And, and, we're, and, and we bought into this cultural lie that like that's just the way it has to be. Like if you're going to be productive, if you're going to get things done, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And we live at such a pace that it's almost impossible to behold. But Scripture warns us of this. Look at Jeremiah chapter 2, the first part of verse 25. It says, do not run until your feet are bare or your throat is dry. Anybody ever was like, like, that's my life. Like I run until my feet are bare and my throat is dry. And now, you have to understand, there's a difference between busy and hurried. There's a difference between busy and hurried. Like, like busy, I've learned that busy is just a part of life. Like, man, I'm so busy. Yeah, I think you come out of the womb busy. Like, my kids are in fifth grade, and my kids are busy. Well, homework and other, and I mean, like, we are, all, you are always going to be busy. 
But what I've learned is busy is a decision of the calendar, but hurried is a disposition of the spirit. Busy is a decision of the calendar, but hurried is a disposition of the spirit. Where, yeah, you can be busy, but you don't have to be hurried. That, like, you can be, your calendar can be full of activities, but if you're hurried, you don't enjoy any of them. You just kind of process through them instead of being present in them. And we've got to find a way to settle our spirit. Like, you're, you're going to be busy. That's just the reality of life. Come on. But you don't have to be hurried. Like, that's something that, that, that God can settle in your spirit. Well, you learn how to be busy, but yet, you know, be in it, but still enjoy it and be present and soak it up. And let your mind and your spirit be calm. Like, we have, we have a hard time enjoying anything. Like, I know, I know, I've said this before, you come in here every Sunday, and thank you for coming here. But you know what? At some point, you can hear there's some dude up there just yelling at me and quoting Vanilla Ice, and I really don't know what he's talking about. And just kind of go through the motions of being in this room and not be present. And, and you walk away from this church Sunday after Sunday thinking, I don't know what, so, they think that place is so great, I don't get anything. That's because you don't want anything. Because you're letting your mind get so cluttered with other things that God has no room to even get in there. And he's saying, just like calm down. And part of, part of this hurried and, and busy pace that, that, that we have is because we're so overly connected in all the wrong ways. Like we don't know how to pause. Especially with the inventions of like cell phones. Because you got your email and your social media and all that stuff with you all the time. And boop, boop, boop. I mean, it's like you're just constantly, anybody else feel like, like, like you're constantly working? Because you always got an answer, to, an email to answer or a text to answer and all that kind of stuff. And I remember like, like I don't know I'm about to sound like grandpa here, but I remember like when, when, when you left home, nobody could get in touch with you till you came back home. Like the whole point of going out was to get away from that junk. And then you'd come home and, and, and you would say, one message. <laughs> and like if somebody needed to get a hold of you, it was work. Like I remember trying to call my girlfriend and the phone was busy. <laughs> eh, eh, eh. What is that, daddy? A dial tone, son. <laughs> and then you remember like when, when call waiting got invented? You go to your sister, anybody beep in for me? <laughs> Some are leaving like, I, they said they were going to call me. I know they beeped in. You just ignored it. And then you got this point where if you want to be really connected and cool, you got a pager. You ain't a doctor or a drug dealer. You don't need a pager. <laughs> but we had them. Oh, if you turn it upside down, it says hello. Look at that. Isn't it? But we are so connected in all the wrong ways. And it consumes us. And I read verses like Psalm 37. Be still. Be still. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently on Him. 
It's hard to be patient at that pace. And if you're, if you're going to behold him, you've got to overcome the pace barrier. You heard Jasmine mention on Wednesday, we're going to open up this building just to practically give you a place to do that. From 6 o'clock in the morning until 8 o'clock in the evening, this building will be unlocked. And there will be music playing in here. There will be some stuff going on the screen just to kind of get you out of that pace and come in here and just pause and pay attention. And you're like, oh, man, I could do that at home. Then why aren't you? And we just invite you. So mark that on your calendars. You want to practice this? Practically practice this? Just carve out some time. And that's why we, it's open for 14 hours. We didn't even, there'll be a certain windows where people will be in here that to pray over you, but we didn't even want to put it in time slots because we didn't want to limit, like, well, I can't come then. In a 14-hour span, maybe there's five minutes, maybe there's 10 minutes, maybe there's 30 minutes, maybe there's an hour for you just to come and behold him, to pause and pay attention. But it's not just about pace because there's something that impacts our pace. Not only is pace a barrier to our ability to behold, but so is priority. So is priority. Priority is a barrier to our ability to behold. Because you know what I've discovered? Some people look at that and be like, oh, the reason why we can't behold him is because we just live in a culture that can't pay attention. We're all ADD, ADHD, some other form of these letters, like we're all, and so like we just, we, we just cannot pay attention. But what I've realized is we don't have a problem paying attention. We have a problem aligning priorities. That it's not an attention issue, it's an intention issue. That we can pay attention, but we're not as intentional about where we divert that attention and what we divert that attention to. I cannot behold, I cannot pause, my life is too, I cannot pause and read the Bible and pray and seek God and think about what he's saying. But I can watch every episode of Breaking Bad in a weekend. (laughs) How is it we can binge, but we can't behold? (laughs) Like, it's, it's not a matter of attention. It's a matter of priority. Go back to Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 25. I read the first half of it in that last point, but let me hear the whole verse. Do not run until your feet are bare and and, and your throat is dry, but you said it's no use. I love foreign gods, and I must go after them. What he's saying is the pace is a response to improper priorities. Like you, do not run, but the problem is, like, I got all these things. See, it's so easy for us to become slave to the insignificant. And it's not that we have a problem paying attention, it's just we pay attention to things that aren't worthy. Um, iPhone people, the holy ones in the room, <laughs> just kidding. They came out with this little thing on your phone now, with this latest update, called Screen Time. And you can swipe over, and it'll give you, like, how long you've been on every app on your phone. Now, I'm tempted to just start walking through the room, like, can I see your phone? Like, Pastor, I left it in the car. I don't, I don't know. 
Because it's interesting, like, like we can't behold, we can't pause and pay attention to God, but we can spend four hours a week on Instagram. Y'all know when I'm preaching hardest is when I'm preaching to me too, right? Come on. I'm preaching to me as much as I am you. Like it's not an issue of, of paying attention. It's an issue of priority. And Jesus had a lot to say about priorities and where we invest. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Pick up verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What Jesus is trying to tell us is pay attention to where you're paying attention. That we have all the ability to behold that we can have. But we won't do it until the priorities are aligned like they need to be. Until you really want to behold him. Until he becomes the desire of your heart. Until you get to the place where you long to sit, to listen to his voice. And allow him to speak into your heart. Until you fall in love with the truth and power and relevance of his word in your everyday life. Like when, when your priorities begin to align, you will have no problem paying attention. And you'll, you'll look forward to the pause. And you know what you'll find? Listen to me. I know not everybody in the room is a morning person. But the sooner in your day you can pause, the better it will be. Because you know what I've just discovered? If I start the day beholding him, the way I behold everything else gets better. Because it aligns my perspective and it gets me focused and allows me to be ready to take on whatever it throws, life throws at me. It's an issue of priority. Pause and pay attention. But there's a third one that we have to talk about today. And it may be the, the most dangerous and the most difficult to overcome. And that's posture. Pace will become an obstacle, will become a barrier to behold, and priority will become a barrier to behold. But our posture will really determine whether or not we're even willing to behold him. And there's, there's somebody in Scripture, there's somebody actually connected to the Christmas story, the entry of Jesus into this planet, whose posture caused him to miss out. That posture was his barrier to behold. He was unwilling to behold because he was unwilling to address the issue of posture. Go with me to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, pick up with verse 1. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. And you understand why he was disturbed. They come and say, Hey, where's the one that's been born king of the Jews? He was like, That's me. King Herod, the king before Herod should have given you an idea, like, that's me. 
And they said, no, like we, we've seen this star rise in the sky and we've, we, we've heard all these things. Like we're coming to see this new king that has been born. So verse 4. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. Verse 5. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. So on, on the surface, maybe for the Magi, it appears as if King Herod would like to behold. That he wants the ability to pause and pay attention and acknowledge this king just like they do. But look what happens in verse 16. Chapter 2, verse 16. See, the Magi go and they find Jesus and they're warned in a dream that like not to go back and tell King Herod because King Herod has a plan. Verse 16 says, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he learned from the Magi. So Herod's response to this news of Jesus entering the world is not to behold, but to behead. He gives out this decree to make sure that all children under a certain age are killed. And in this moment, you, he reveals why he's unwilling to behold. Because see, Herod had the opportunity to see Jesus, to recognize Jesus for who he was, to actually be impacted by his life. But all Herod saw was a threat to his position. Someone that could compromise his authority. Someone whom, if he acknowledged, a lot of things may have to change for old Herod. And he didn't fail to behold out of ignorance because he pulled all the people together in order to find out whether or not this was right. He failed to behold not out of ignorance, but out of stubbornness. Because he was not willing to assume the posture necessary to recognize somebody other than him as the supreme authority. Because, see, the reality is, before you can ever really behold first you must bow. Before you can behold, you must bow. And King Herod was not willing to take that posture. He was not willing to bow and recognize another king over his kingdom or his life. And this is why so many miss it. Why so many will walk through this Christmas season and every other season of their lives never allowing themselves to pause and pay attention and see God for who he is and his beauty and his power and his intimacy and his love because we refuse to assume the right posture. See, before you can ever really behold him, you have to bow the knee of your heart, recognize who he is and who you are not, and see him as the supreme authority in your life.
So you know who you will never listen to? Someone you believe does not have authority. You can say something to me, and then my dad say the same thing to me, guess who I'm going to listen to? Because I've acknowledged his position of authority in my life. And see, some of you, you're missing out on the beauty of God. It has nothing to do with priority. It has nothing to do with pace. But it's your posture. That if you're going to pause and pay attention and allow him to speak truth and life and encouragement and hope into your life, you have to behold. For unto you a child is born. He is Christ the Lord. He is not just a baby in a manger. He is a king on a throne. And if you're going to behold, first you must bow. Will you bow your heads down, close your eyes with me, and just take a moment. This season, we're going to do everything we can to behold him. That God has a word for you right now. He's trying to get your attention He's trying to speak something into your life that will lead to your obedience, that will unleash his abundance in your life. But you're going to have to behold what's standing in the way. What's your barrier to behold? Is it your pace? That you're not just busy, you're hurried, and your spirit is torn up, and it's twisted, and it's cluttered, and it's consumed? Or is it an issue of priority? You can pay attention. You're just choosing not to. You're, you're giving attention to insignificant, lesser things. Or maybe you've never had the courage to address the issue of posture and acknowledge God for who he really is. And maybe this Christmas can be different than any other Christmas because you go through it not just celebrating a bunch of trees and lights and Santa Claus, but acknowledging the fact that this one that was born named Jesus of this Mary who came into this world in these really unique circumstances and situation is the Son of God who came to this planet to buy you out of sin and to become Lord and Savior of your life. Father, I pray that right now in this room, Lord, you would stir in our midst, God, that you would speak, that you'd help us to have the courage to have some really intense conversations with ourselves, to address the issues that stand in the way of our ability to behold you. Help us to have the courage to pause and pay attention and Listen to your voice and bend our ear to your voice and align our hearts with your will. And God, I pray that you would use this time to challenge us in ways we need to be challenged to make the changes we need to make. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. To stay connected with what's happening at Vintage, download the Vintage Church app to access sermon notes, events, devotionals, previous podcasts, and discover ways to get connected in community. We hope you join us again soon.